0: you're worthy of all praise you deserve lord all adoration and all honor lord unto your name be all the glory lord we thank you that you you came back out of that grave god gave us the ultimate reason for hope and life that lord you've conquered death lord we just take a minute right now we pray for our brothers and sisters that actually have been bombed in sri lanka today Lord, over eight bombs in different hotels and, and churches. And you know, they're trying to challenge and test the reality of resurrection. <laughs> and, the, and the tragedy and the, and the disarray and the problems and all the pain that's, that's happened, it still can't steal the truth that you are the resurrection and the life and that you've conquered death. And so we ask you, God, to let that be such reality. And whatever tragedy has happened, Lord, get glory from it. Honor your name from it. Do miracles through it. And ultimately, let your name be magnified. We thank you for this space. Lord, it's safe right now, but we don't know what it'll be like forever. But we just, we choose to give you honor and glory no matter what we face. You're the one that deserves it, God. And we can't wait to see you again face to face. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Jesus in this place. Come on. He's beat death. You guys happy about that? Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. It's good to see you in the house. Welcome to Transformation Church. Before you sit down, stand up, look at somebody and say, your Easter shoes look good. Look at somebody else and say, Easter looks good on you. And it is my honor to get to bring the word to you guys on Easter. Thank you. If you're a guest with us, come on. It's so awesome that you're here. Come on, give any guests we have a hand. 1245, y'all are in the house. And uh, my name's Jamie, I'm the pastor here, we got an amazing team, hopefully they already loved on you, greeted you, welcomed you out in the lobbies. Uh, our church, we're, we're, a, we're, we're a church, we're loud, we're kind of rowdy, we're a talk back church, and so um, we gather around uh, a person named Jesus, we don't gather around theology, we don't gather around principles and philosophy, we gather around Jesus. We gather around the, the reality of resurrection. And that's important because listen, theology's good, and I study God's word and I study the things of God. And I go, I was in Bible school, but but I would rather experience God than just study about God, right? And how many of you know we can study a lot about God and get all the knowledge, but never actually know him and experience him. So one of our core values, and one of our mission statements is experiencing God. You'll see it on the walls around here. And I believe people have already experienced God today. There's miracles in this place today, because resurrection's in this place today. It's Jesus. And, and people have already given their life to Christ. Probably 20 plus people have already said yes to Jesus Christ today. And that's our brothers and sisters. Thank you for making that a reality. And so, so that's, that's kind of who we are. We're also a talk back church. And so I, I don't just talk at you or preach. I ask you to kind of shout back and talk back to me. And so that's okay to do in our church, like clap or amen. That's the best preaching I've ever heard. Come on, pastor, things like that. <laughs> you can do that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I, I'm not going to lie to you and say I get you out faster if you do that, because the more you do that, it encourages me to keep going. And so, so, but I still want it to be a two-way conversation. And, and we're going to jump into the word. We've been looking at, at a series. We've named it The Goat. And uh, GOAT stands for the greatest of all time. Obviously, uh, many people have uh, claimed to be the GOAT, you know. you got Michael Jordan, you got Muhammad Ali. Uh, we, we've had a, a montage video of different amazing athletes that say they're the GOAT. They've trained to be, but the, re- the reality is Jesus is the only one that's really attained to be the GOAT status, the greatest of all time, God and man, uh, God with skin on. And uh, it's an amazing story. So we've been looking at the book of John and uh, studying the miracles. There are seven miracles in the book of John. And and those miracles John constructed with, with, the, with the reasoning um, to show us God's glory or give us a glimpse of who Jesus is and was so we could believe in him as, he, as, as him being the Messiah or Savior of the world. Um, several weeks ago I told the story of if you've ever seen pictures or videos of people that are colorblind and they've never seen color uh, they have never seen color their whole life and then there's these special glasses they can put on now and actually see color for the first time and they just begin to cry and, 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 and the emotions and just what comes out of their heart when they see color they've never seen it it's a glimpse for the first time what John's doing is giving us the glasses to understand God's glory because you can't, you can't explain red You can't explain blue. Like, well, just blue. Like, get it? All right? No, you can't explain that. You have to see it. So, John is actually trying to explain what he said in chapter one In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. He's trying to now show us miracle seven of them to kind of, whoa, we get it now. Because you can't explain God with flesh on, really. Right? and so we look at Jesus we see seven miracles and we've looked at these different seven the seven that he we've looked at about three of them the seven he does the first one's water to wine showing us that we're strangers to joy and have no joy without Jesus turning it to joy. Uh, the second one was a nobleman's son was healed, showing us that sin is a disease and actually robs us of health. The third one was the pool of Bethesda, where a paralytic man sat for 38 years, not being able to get into the pool. Supposedly, the angel stirred the pool and he would, people would get in and be healed. And 38 years, he sat there and people jumped in in front of him. Ever feel like you've been cut in line? Come on, anybody get mad when they take your parking spot in, the, in Kroger? Come on, that's this guy, 38 years. Was, was cut in line and, and then Jesus shows up and actually just heals him doesn't make him get in the pool or anything showing us that we're actually paralytic in our own condition and have no power to actually improve our life status or our ability to heal ourselves without Jesus coming by so he heals this paralytic man then Jesus feeds 5,000 showing us that he is true sustenance he's the bread of life no matter what you think will sustain you no matter what you think you need to supply your life it will run out the only thing that lasts is Jesus and his joy and his life So he he feeds 20,000 plus people, 5,000 men, and then women and children. Then he walks on water in a storm. This isn't the water that that Peter walked out on. This is a different story where there's this horrible storm. His disciples are rowing the boat in the storm. Jesus shows up walking on water, gets in the boat, and then supernaturally, the boat's to the side of the sea at safety, and, and they're all through the storm, showing you and I that we can row with all of our strength and all of our might through the storms of life, but we will not make it safely. To, this, to, the, to the shore of life without him being in our boat. So he gives us that miracle. And then we looked at the miracle last week of the, the man born blind. If you weren't here, you can check it out on our website. Uh, a man was born blind and, and church folk walked up on him, his disciples. Jesus is with his disciples. The church people walk up, his disciples are church folk and they look at him and they look at the guy born blind and they say, who was born blind? Why was this guy born blind? Did his parents sin or did he sin that he was born blind? Come on, religion is still trying to do that, trying to find fault trying to look for who's to blame i taught you last week jesus said nobody's at fault he said but that the glory of god might be seen what he's saying is you'll either look you'll either live looking for fault or live looking for faith yeah. jesus i didn't come to find fault i came to find faith yeah. we can blame everybody for all the problems of humanity there's problems everywhere but jesus says why don't you rewind to the cross and blame me because i took all the blame on the cross i'm actually to blame Gives us a place to blame and live in faith Instead of blaming one another So he makes this blind man see It shows us that we're blind in our condition We're blind looking for fault We need God to remove the blinders off our eyes And help, and help us to see again And this miracle today I think it's fitting It's where Jesus raised, raises Lazarus from the dead It's his friend it's a, it's a close family of his And he raises him from the dead He died and uh, Mary and Martha are his sisters And this is where Jesus introduces himself As the resurrection and the life first time we get that title of jesus in john there's seven miracles seven i am statements and this is the statement jesus makes i am the resurrection of life we're going to start in chapter 11 verse 1 i'm going to give you a lot of verses that way if the sermon is terrible you've at least gotten the word today i'm good with that i read the word stick with me because i'm gonna read a lot kind of quickly and uh We'll go through this down to like verse 44, but I've taken a section out, so you can stick with me. Verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, or therefore, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Mary was mad. She's I ain't coming out. My brother's dead. Where are you, God? I'm mad. Verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. Jesus said to her, okay, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And, whoever lives, in me and be- whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Verse 28, And when she had said these things, she went away, secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher's come and is calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was still the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, "She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came to her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled at the pain we face in this planet. And he said, where have you laid him? Where have you put him? and they said to him come Lord and see 35 the shortest verse in the Bible then Jesus wept or Jesus wept. it's amazing to me that he's going to do something powerful in this story but he still sat down and wept he still, he still identifies with our pain even though he has all power and he weeps here then the Jews said see how he loved him and some of them said could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against him. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, 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 what? I like this. Lick. Like, Lord, by this time, there's a stench. <laughs> for He's been dead four days. The, the King James Version says, he stinketh by now. <laughs> Some things sometimes just stinketh, you know. He stinketh. It's just getting real. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that you would be- if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth And Jesus said to them "Loose him and let him go My title for today is simply When love runs late When love runs late Let me pray for us Father thank you for your word Thank you that it's right on time Thank you that that today there's some divine appointments And some divine encounters that, That you're in our midst today You said we're two or three gathered together You're there You said that you inhabit the praises of your people And so we take you at your word You're here Holy Spirit, thank you for being here in this place. Do what we can't. Heal what we can't. Speak what we can't. Lord, I pray that you would get honor and glory. We would see you today. and I thank you that you're right on time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when love runs late, I, I uh, have a tendency and my wife and I have been talking about it to run late a little bit. Um, I try. And uh, when, when we began to Uh, date years ago actually before we dated she was the church secretary and i had met in a little town in somerset kentucky and uh, i started coming to this church new believer and i saw her and i didn't really you know i'm just trying to hang out and she's kind of making sure that i'm not like trying to take advantage of any of the girls in the church and so she didn't fully she was guarding the girls you know i get it and uh and so i got the guard come on somebody (laughs) and uh and, and, but, but like at the beginning of our relationship, we just I had a roommate named Scott. We were new to the church, and everybody, young adults were all hanging out. And, and we went to lunch one day, and Sandra went with us to lunch. It was Scott and I and Sandra, and, and it, we're at this Chinese uh, buffet in Somerset, Kentucky with like a health score of 30. Don't go there, Okay. <laughs> And so we go in and we're eating, and like, and like as we're eating, I just, I, my personality, I just love people. I'm a people guy. I mean, it's good for pastors to like people. I've met some pastors that don't like people. Come on, that's not a good prof- profession if you, if you don't like people. But so I just, I just love people. And I'm there hanging out, and they've got their food by now. They're sitting down, and I'm just greeting people in the line. I'm making new friends. I'm high fiving people over the, over the buffet, meeting different strangers. What's up? You know, just, I don't know. It's just like what I, what I like to do. And so she, I don't even know, but like a few months later, we're about, we're getting more serious, and then a few months. After that we get engaged and we're talking one night and she says to me the time I knew that I was going to probably marry you you're the guy for me was in that Chinese restaurant when I watched you with people when I watched you interacting with people and I knew in my heart that I, you know, that I loved you. And that was something and I was like, that's cool. And then fast forward about a year and a half, we go to, we go to Dallas and, and I'm working for a Bible school. I'm going to Bible school. She works for the school. And we live in an apartment complex. It's the family complex. And so there's 100 families that live there. And I love people. And so I would go out and we have a f- newborn baby or whatever. And we got pressure to life. And I would leave to go take the trash. And she'd be like, you came back two hours later. <laughs> you went to take the trash i'm like no but like i'm a bible school student i'm like jesus jesus everything's jesus i'm preaching anything that moves you know i'm just jesus (laughs) bible school you know i'm like babe, i know two hours i'm sorry there was miracles at the trash can miracles in the moment there was healings marriages are restored it's great glory to god she's like okay okay you know and then you know i'll go do laundry she's like jamie an hour and a half like our son needs put to bed like where are you and so there's been this tension and frustration of of, of time and the thing that that she fell in love with me for is the thing that's frustrated her the most and so now I'm trying to just say well it's chapter 11 Jesus was two days late I'm only like a few hours (laughs) come on guys you got biblical backup right here I'm late Jesus I'm trying to show you the greater glory of God the greater picture I see bigger perspectives than you I'm giving y'all some ammo come on that's not good I told her that between service she's like as long as there's resurrection at the end baby we're all right you know I was like well I ain't Jesus but but listen listen some some of y'all some of you guys are upset with God and so frustrated and the thing that you love about God is that he takes care of humanity is the thing that's frustrating you because you think he's running late on you And you've been praying and asking God, and you've been expecting Him to do something. You're like, God, where are you? God, why aren't you here? And your expectation hasn't been met and you're frustrated and you're going, God, your love is supposed to be here. Your love is supposed to answer my prayer. Like, why are you running late? Like, where are you, God? And that's what's happening with this family. It's these three people that love Jesus, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And this is the Mary that worshiped him with her hair and her, her tears and anointed his feet with a year's salary. And it's just, it's this whole picture. And Jesus hears that this man is sick and he waits two days deliberately he wasn't detained he wasn't he wasn't no one didn't allow him to come he just waited two more days before he showed up they're praying and they're asking God and he's 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 sick and they send for Jesus and this problem hits the house it's a horrific problem have you ever had a, a, a problem hit your house yeah yeah you know I mean think about it like when the problem hits the nation or you know like Sri Lanka I mean we just prayed a problem hit Sri Lanka eight bombs just went off like like I just I said a prayer but we're still going on about our day I mean a problem hits the world and I get people as a pastor they send me all kinds of whacked out emails all the time like you know there's 22 moons this next month and the earth is going to end and and the fires and the blood moons and man have you heard the prophecy of the wrong civil war and we're going to go through civil war again I'm like shut up I'd delete all that junk if you send me that. Some of y'all might leave, but I don't, I don't, I'm not about, I don't care. Like we, I'm just trying to figure out how to love my wife, love my kids, love my neighbor, control what I can control. Many of us like to listen to all that craziness because we don't want to have the obligation of doing what Christ said. We'd rather focus on these crazy prophecies about the end of the world. Yeah, it's probably going to end one day. The world's crazy. We look at the news, but all we can do is like, get involved the way we can get involved and love our community and love people, love God, love people. That's all we can do can't control the moons i can control my heart by the power of the holy spirit i can control that sometimes holy spirit can control my heart so it's easy to pray for the world when it's falling apart and going about our day but what do you do when it hits your house you can't run from your own home You can't run from your house. You can't run from those problems. And sometimes these problems hit our house. Here's what I love about the Bible. It's saying that this horrific problem hits the house of these worshipers. They're Jesus' inner circle. They're his three best friends. He stayed at their house. This woman worshiped him. And this problem still arises. Sometimes we get discouraged by our problems. I'm here to tell you, don't get discouraged by your problems. Sometimes we think problems are kind of like the predictor of our relationship with God. And then we think we don't even have a good relationship and the enemy makes us question our relationship with God because we face some devastating things in our life. Man, this problem hits this worshiping family's house. Problems sometimes hit our house and we begin to pray and ask God, but the Bible shows the real story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And John lays it out on the table and says, this horrible problem hits their house. And these sisters don't know what to do, but then they realize this problem's too big for us. He's gonna die, he's sick. So they call for Jesus, they send for Jesus. Very simply, the first thing you can write down today, you've got to know how to get in touch with Jesus. Many of us love to get in touch with our friends and our family and our mentors and different, but we don't get in touch with Jesus first and foremost. Whenever these kind of things hit our house, man, I'm asking you, I'm asking myself, can I figure out and understand and know what it takes for me to get in touch with Jesus? You've got to decide, I'm going to get in touch with Jesus no matter what's going on. He's the first and the foremost. So they send for Jesus. They've worshiped, they've prayed. I can imagine the conversation between Lazarus and his sisters. He's sick, he's dying. They're like, come on, hold on. We've sent for Jesus. He's like, all right, just wait, man. A day goes by. I'm not feeling good i don't know hold on man hold on we've sent for him how do you know he's gonna come because he always has how do you know he's gonna come this time because this is his house this is where he stays we've sent for him how do you know day two goes by and he dies can you imagine the sisters like what's going like we prayed we sent for jesus like we we fasted we worshiped we've done everything we thought he'd be here and lazarus still dies it's easy to know what to do when god answers our prayers what do we do when lazarus dies still what do we do when he doesn't answer what do we do when we're in crisis and he doesn't show up what do we do when we feel like love runs late and like god where are you and i don't understand what you're doing it's an emergency god i've prayed i've worshiped i've fasted i thought you'd show up and do it like this jesus where are you jesus if you were here my brother wouldn't have died jesus where are you like i'm facing divorce where are you i'm facing suicide where are you jesus i'm facing confusion i've got some sickness in my life i've got some pain or depression god where are you i'm facing some financial problem god where are you what's going on and lazarus still dies what do you do when lazarus dies that's my question i, I know i'm bumming you out i'm gonna give you hope at the end of this okay <laughs> welcome to easter <laughs> but i'm just getting, i'm just being real with you like like a lot of times we pray these things and, and they had prayed and all of a sudden this man still dies and they're in this crisis and they're like, God, where are you? And I think for me, a lot of times I freak out in the crisis and I want God freaking out with me. Anybody? Like if, if, if my life's in crisis, come on, God, drop the world. Like I know you love everybody, but forget your plan. Forget. Come by my house with a drive-by word through my window. You can heal from a distance. <laughs> Whatever you need to do and I'm freaking out and God and I'm just asking God to freak out I, I've learned over the years to not freak out as much I'm learning like emotional intelligence like don't freak out like with my staff and team I'll freak out and like when, if and if I'm freaking out and they're not like I'm like what why aren't you freaking out I need the same emotional chaos coming out of you that I'm facing right now you know it lets me know something's happening inside of you there. And they're like, just staying calm. I call them the breeze now. And they stay calm. And I've learned to grow and, and, and not freak out. Aren't you glad God's not freaking out when you are? You're facing a crisis and you're freaking out and you want him freaking out as bad as you are. I thank God that he's on, a, he's on the throne and not a treadmill. Some of, you, some of you got God on the treadmill up there running around trying to, <sighs> <sighs> the Bible says he's seated on a throne at the right hand of God, he rules and reigns. He's not freaking out, he's not jumping around, he's not running around He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end He wrote the story, no spoiler alert to God Whatever you're facing, whatever crisis, whatever emergency He's right on time Come on, look at somebody say, he's on schedule I know that you're worried, I know you're freaking out God, I want you at my house right now God, I don't care about your plan, I need it my way I need it, I need it how, I need you to come through now I thought you would, I thought this is how you're going to do it and Lazarus dies. Jesus, Pastor Jesus doesn't even make it to Lazarus' funeral. I thought you were my friend. Can you imagine the family? You're God. You've been here at my house. You stay here. You You don't even make it to the funeral? Jesus comes into town and he's been dead and buried for four days. Martha comes out. Mary won't even come out. Mary's mad. Mary's like, I ain't even going out. I'm too, I'm too upset. Some of you are in such a place right now, you're too upset to even even deal with God, or even talk with God. You're like, I'm not even going there right now. There's areas in Mary wanting to come out, but Martha comes out and she says, Lord, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Lord, I thought you were gonna do it like this. I thought you would have showed up. I thought you would have done this by now. Lord, if you had been here, my marriage wouldn't have died. Lord, if you you had been here, God, my, my child wouldn't have died. If you had been here, God, this wouldn't have happened. If you, God, I thought you were going to give me the job by now. God, I thought you were going to give me the miracle by now. God, I thought you were going to give me the increase or the blessing by now. God, this is what I thought you were going to do. Lord, if you had been here, what are you doing, God? Anybody ever been confused by what he's doing? Can't figure him out? They're trying to figure him out, and they're like, this is the one you love. Like, Lazarus, the one you love, the worshiping friend of yours is... Is dead, And they're both like, Lord, it's too late. Your love ran late and now it's too late. Sometimes we get into a spot where we think it's just too late. Jesus answers it in verse five. He says this, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So he loved them. So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place he was. He's actually saying, I didn't give you what you thought you needed and what you wanted when you wanted it because I loved you too much to give it to you that you thought you needed this and you thought you wanted that and you wanted me to do it like this, but I loved you too much. I actually wanted you to see my glory in a greater way. I actually wanted to do a greater miracle and peel back the levels of who I am and show you that I am resurrection and I am power and I am life and let you believe on me at a whole nother level. That's why that I waited and did what I did. And they're trying to understand that. And he waited and he, this man is dead. I, I think for me, like my... my um, my Lazarus was about three years ago. We were looking for a building and we, could, we were in a little tiny building. The Hussars were there. Some of you guys were there. I don't know, not many of you, but it was over in Rocky Hill and we had about 100 seats, max 150, 180 if we had people in the lobbies. <laughs> one toilet for men, one toilet, not bathroom, toilet. <laughs> one toilet for men, one toilet for women. And uh, we were there seven years. Praying, fasting, asking God to give us a facility. Where, where do you have us? What would you have for us, God? And we had a handshake deal about three years ago on the old uh, downtown West rehab building, Habitat for Humanity rehab store. And we had a shake with the owners of that, and we thought we were going to get that building. Like, God, you moved. Seven years of prayer, seven years of tears, seven years of driving Kingston Pike going, Where are we supposed to be, God? Seven years of praying for you, because you're here today. Seven years of believing God for your families and our families. And, and so finally, uh, we went to get the building and the realtor goes silent on us and The family goes silent and won't talk to us the governor had worked out some deals with the family that owned the building and he loves has, Governor Haslam loves Habitat for Humanity which is a great cause and they worked it out and they actually began to lease the property to Habitat for Humanity so many of you know the building that was my Lazarus I was done I was crushed like God what do you do? I was done I'm about to quit in this city there's no other building God I'm done like what I, I can't reach any more people I love the people. If this is what you want for us, but I know you have a different place for us. What are you doing? Then I started to take it into my own strength. Anybody do that? And we decided, and I decided, we were going to buy the little American car lot next to McKay's bookstore. Y'all know what I'm talking about on paper mill? I'm like, yeah, baby, two pools. We can do water baptisms outside. Fireworks over the highway. It's my old youth pastor coming out. I'm like, we're going to blow the highway up. We're lighting it up, baby. I was all in. Took the bankers over there. Bankers are walking. Through. I'm trying to be all stately. Got my suit on. Didn't quite look like this. I got didn't. I was not a little nicer than this. Come on, with the bankers, man. Walking in there, and you know, trying to, you know, as a pastor, trying to cast vision, build it up. Look at it. Holes in the ceiling. It's beautiful. Skylights can go there. I mean, it's bad. I was like, we're going to do it. And they're like, they start laughing at me like, dude, what are you, you can't, this is, Corey was with me there, man. We were like, they're looking at, we're just like, man, this could work, this could work. And the banker goes, man, the parking lot's on a 90 degree angle. Anybody in a wheelchair is going to die at your church. That's what they say to me. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, you're right. We can't have it you know and so we, we, we I, I mourned and, and wept more over Lazarus dying and then God all of a sudden comes through and opens up supernaturally this property five acres uh, everything uh, done in the road I mean just supernatural he, he knows what you need more than you know what you need he's got a bigger perspective and a bigger vision you think he's late but he's actually right on time and you're ready to give up on God here's the thing Man, God is a good, a good father that knows the kind of love we need. You ever meet those kids and those parents that when the kid skins their knees, if you're a parent, a kid will fall down and skin its knee and look around to see if you see them that, that, that hurt their knee? And if, you, if they see that you saw, then they begin to cry like, and yeah! And you as a parent, like, panic and run over like, what does that do? You know, Blowing on it, you know? And they're like, okay. You know, but if they... See that you don't see, or you don't see, and you're not there, then they just go about their daily business. They just go about their thing, and and it's weird. Like I, I'm not going to gender profile, but a lot of times it's the moms that freak out more than the dads. And so I have a family member that he's the dad, and he freaks out more than the mom. And it's so weird to me. I'm watching him, like the kid bumps his toe, hurt bumps his hand. He's like, oh, he bumped it, honey. He bumped it there. And I'm like, dude, this isn't even. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, what are you, you're, why are you raising a weakling? Like, come on, just high five. He's like, good job. He didn't even ignore him. Act like you didn't see it. He's going to get up and get strong. And you're wondering why God didn't jump in. God's not just jumping in going, oh, because he's trying to get you stronger. He's trying to get your faith to grow. He knows that you're a champion and he's got a bigger picture of his purpose and glory for your life. God's not late. Come on, listen, with God, delay is not Denial delay is not denial you need to write that down you feel like man it's it's too late Mary and Martha both both say the same thing they're like Lord if you had have been here our brother wouldn't have died it's too late it's too late he's buried it's dead he's dead and gone it's too late if you'd have been here you need to write this down God's not late you've given up early you just given up too early sometimes we give up so early and God's just saying I'm about to do it I don't know what you need today I don't know where you are in your journey I don't know what miracle you need God to bring to life but I promise you hear me he's not late he's not late on your finance he's not late on your dream he's not late on your family he's not late sometimes we think he's so late Martha shows up and she goes and she has this faith moment she says to Jesus I love this she goes hey 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 verse 22 Jesus she says if you would have been here you wouldn't have died but even now even now I know God hears you and he'll do what you ask it's like this moment that rises up and Jesus says hey yeah your son will raise from the dead and she goes well I know he'll raise from the dead or your, your brother will raise from the dead he goes I know he'll raise from the dead at the last day at the resurrection and here's what she does she gets stuck between theology and reality it's where we get stuck a lot of times she, she has this faith moment says I know you can bring him back from the dead and God goes yeah I'll raise him from the dead and she goes well I know you will at the last day And Jesus says, no, 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 wait a minute. I am the resurrection and the life. She gets stuck between the reality of her problem, the reality of the thing dying, and her theology that she knows all things work together for good, that Jesus is the resurrection, that there's going to be a resurrection. At the end of time, it'll all make sense. And we love to sometimes camp out there like, one day, God, it'll all make sense in the sweet by and by. But the reality is, she says, even now, you can do a miracle. I'm here to declare to some of you today, even now, he's able. Even now he's here. Even though you think it's dead and buried, he can bring it back to life. Even though you've given up, even now God is God. Do you believe that? Come on, give him praise if you believe that for a second. Come on, even now, even now he can do abundantly above anything you ask, think, or imagine. Even now, it's this faith moment, man. Resurrection is in this place. God wants to blow your mind. Resurrection is a person, not a moment in time and it, and and god's just saying listen if you'd open up your heart and believe i'm not late martha goes and gets mary and i'm going to pray with you in a minute i've got a few more thoughts to give you and then i want to pray with you some of you i believe that need a miracle today and god's here to do it god's still working miracles he's the same yesterday today and forever i promise you he'll show up for you today she gets her sister and mary comes out and says the same thing lord if you if you If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus says this interesting statement in verse 34. He says, show me where you laid him. Show show me where you buried him. Take me me and show me where you buried your faith. Take me and show me where you quit believing that I could do a miracle. Take me and show me where you got hurt so bad and abused so bad that you thought I quit uh, loving you or even existed show me where church hurt you that you uh, began to go through the motions with me relationally and you just would go to church on Easter and Christmas but you don't need to be around God's people and you don't need to be in the things of God show me where uh, where you got hurt and abused so bad by church leadership or or church tradition that you just kind of went through the motions show me where you quit praying Jesus is saying it show me where you buried him he's saying I can't do a miracle until you take me to the place you buried your faith I can't bring him back to life until you take me and show me where you buried him. Show me where you buried him, Mary. Show me where you put it in the ground. Show me where you got tired. Show me where you got burnt out. Show me where you quit believing in humanity. Show me where you quit believing in your marriage. Show me where you quit on your marriage. Show me where you gave up and buried that child. Show me where you quit giving up on that miracle. Show me where you gave up. That's what Jesus is saying to me. I think he's saying that to some of you. Show me where you quit thinking I could do the impossible. Show me where you stopped believing and buried your belief system. Show me where you buried something. Show me, show me, show me. And she takes him by the hand and takes him to the spot. And Jesus says this, I love it. He says, roll away the stone. He says, roll away the stone. Roll away your doubt. Roll away your fear. Take your limitations off God. The thing that has been dead and buried and that you've capped over with stone hard and stone cold... He's like, just move it a little bit and just let a ray of light in. Just let a ray of hope in. Just, just a little bit of belief. Just move the stone. And they go to move the stone and then Martha says, hey, he stinketh, Lord. Like he stinks. He's been in there four days. She is real. Like some stuff stinks in there. Jesus says, didn't I tell you if you believed in me, you'd see the glory of God? He ignores her. He ignores her. Aren't you glad that God doesn't stop at our stink? I don't know about you, but I got a lot of stink that he could stop at and I'm so thankful that God doesn't stop at my stink. I mean, I mean, he walks right up into it and says, I, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that. I mean, my wife and I have an ongoing argument. She says, I changed 10 diapers of our kids. We have three children. She says, you changed 10. I'm like, "I, I will, that's not. She says, two. You gave me 10. Come on, girl. I would say at least 15 Max. Max. That's five per child. That's grace. That's the number of grace I ran out. Five, five, five. That's all the grace you got. A mama's love's gonna have to take over. I couldn't do it. I mean, it's my own kids. I had a pastor friend tell me the other day, uh, he pastors a great church here in town, Brandon Shanks, great friend of mine, and uh, City Hills Church. Let's pray for him real quick. I prayed for him every service. Let's pray. Just join me real quick. Father, I thank you that City Hills and Pastor Brandon and his team are wreaking uh, havoc on hell this morning, and they're populating heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and, and Brandon told me that he's got three children and his wife surprised him and said he was going to have to watch two more children of another pastor at his church and those kid were, kids were in potty training so he had all five kids. Number one, I couldn't do that. My grace is over with three. And there's five kids, little kids. And they, the pastors did not tell him that those two little kids were potty training and they sent the kids there with no diapers on. And one kid pooped everywhere. All of them, I'm like, I'm gagging hearing the story. I'm just like, I'm like, they're not even, that's when you." I said, what'd you do? Like I wouldn't, I, I like, the normal answer is, like, I clean the kid up. I'm like, no. I'm like, that's not even your child. It's not your kid. I'm like, dude, I would have locked them in the tub. It's rubber dub tub until your parents get here. I'm locking. I would have locked. You stay right there, son. You just stay in that, in that tub. You're on the porcelain. That's all you got. And then I would have called his parents home from the date that they were on and said, look, you should have put the dang diaper on the boy. I ain't touching it. Get over here. That's my pastoral heart. I love people, not babies. I'm sorry but that's not God God, I remember what God did for me he walked into my stink he walked into my suicide my depression my addiction my alcoholism my drug addiction he walked into my perversion he walked into all the problems of my life reached in through the stink didn't stop and pulled me out and said son I love you I'm not mad at you I'm madly in love with you I speak life over you let me clean you up and put you into a place that I can actually give you a story and use you for my glory that's what God wants to do with us and so often we think and religion has told us it's our fault and judged and done all this stuff I just think sometimes we don't we don't know how much God loves us and God doesn't stop at what you're facing right now come on take him right to the place where'd you bury that belief take him to the place that stinks so bad you're scared to let him see it we all have those places he can walk through your darkest secret, through your deadliest moment. He can walk into your deepest depression, your worst pain and perversion. He can walk in. He doesn't stop at that. We as humans, we stop at that and we hide that. But he's saying, could you just take me where, to you, where you got tired? Could you take me where you buried that? Could you take me to where you quit believing that I actually want to be involved in it? Mary takes him there and the stone's removed and He begins to speak some things out and this is actually where the message comes out of the mess i'm going to close he prays this prayer out loud he actually says father i thank you that you hear me you always have heard me but i say this out loud right now so that all those standing around will know that you sent me lazarus come forth he actually calls the man's name and he comes forward he speaks it out loud he says I pray this out loud I've waited two days because I love them and I've done this so that you would get glory God I'm actually waiting until all the critics and all those doubters and all the family members and all the people that are in mourning and all the people that are surrounding this couple I'm waiting till they got here so they could actually hear me pray this and they would know that you sent me and that I'm God you're wondering why God's late and he's saying I'm late because I wanted to get all the glory and I wanted to get all the fame out of the story of your life And God actually gets glory out of our graveyard. Sometimes we think he's just laid and we think it's too buried and too dead, but God's going, no, I want to get glory out of this graveyard. And he says these things and he says it publicly and he waits so that he can actually get the credit in your story. There was a tradition in Jewish culture that the spirit of a person when they died hovered over the body for three days. And so Jesus knew if he had shown up in day one, two, or three that they would have said Lazarus wasn't dead yet. Jesus knows in your story that if he had shown up any earlier, that they would have said that you did it and that you figured a way out and that you get the credit and that you were strong enough and that you could have pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps and you could have figured it out. But God said, no, no, no. I wanted to wait until all the doubters and all the enemies and all the critics were around you and then bring life out of your situation. Come on, isn't that like God what about Sarah and Abraham like I'm going to wait until your womb is dead and your body is dead and you're both dead internally and then I'll give you a child because I want glory out of the graveyards of your life we tend to hide our graveyards and God says no 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 I want to use it he calls his name Lazarus come forth there were all types of other Lazaruses in the in the grave we hear a story about the 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 rich man Lazarus so, so, so the Holy Spirit hears Jesus say Lazarus and God's so specific the Holy Spirit goes and gets that Lazarus out of the grave God's calling some of your names so specifically today that he just has to say come forth and say your name Brian, Bobby, John, Vicky." he's just saying your name and whatever you're pinned up in and tied up in in death it might not be alive and it's been buried God can pull you right out of that thing and say come on you're coming out of it right now he just has to call your name that's how personal he is I believe he's calling some things forth today Jesus calls him forth and then all of a sudden as he comes forth the Bible says that he's actually wrapped in grave clothes that he comes out and he's wrapped in these things called grave clothes he says he was bound hand and foot and and as he was bound hand and foot uh, he looks at him and it's amazing to me the miracle he does he brings him back to life but but somehow as he brings him to life he looks at the other people he says he's bound hand and foot now loose him and let him go Sometimes God raises us from the dead and he does a miracle in our life and we see him come and he moves and he he calls our name and we come forth, but we still got these grave clothes on. This man comes forward and there's these grave clothes on him. Even though God brings us back to life, a lot of times we're still bound by what we were buried in. I don't know what buried you or what you were buried in or what you lost hope in or what you put into the grave, but sometimes some things just bind us up and it's hard to get them off. Couldn't Jesus have just brought that guy through the grave clothes? He brought him back from the dead. Couldn't he just shown up in like Gucci? <laughs> Louis Vuitton, I mean, he could have. Some Air Force Ones. I mean, he could have come out. But he didn't. Like it blew my mind that I was studying this. I'm like, Jesus, what, why did you do that? And he said, you loosen and let him go. And a lot of us, we let God bring things back to life, but then we still hide ourselves from his community. And the thing that God is saying, that we need each other, that you need me, I need you, that you need the person sitting next to you, your miracles on the row and somebody beside you. But you were, we're too isolated in our culture and the miracle that's inside of somebody and the blessings inside of somebody, you're never going to get to know them because you come and go, you run in and out, but God wants to do something in your life. I mean, come on, we can't. It says he was bound hand and foot. He couldn't get them off himself. And we, we shy away from it because we've been judged and religion has hurt us and we don't want anybody to know our stuff. But the reality is in faith community that's healthy and whole, we help each other take off grave clothes. I don't know what they are for you. I mean, there's a lot of different ones. I mean, you might have been, been buried and you carrying the, the grave clo- cloth of, of pride. A lot of times we carry the one of pride, sometimes we carry the one of perversion. I can't even write. Sometimes we carry perversion, sometimes it's depression, sometimes sometimes it's prejudice. And the thing about prejudice, maybe it's not racial prejudice to, to a certain color or, or nationality. Maybe it's a sin prejudice. What I mean by that? I call that gracism. That you're okay with the grace you need for your type of sin, but you're not okay with the grace they need for their type of sin. We become gracists. Their sin. I'm good with my... I need grace, God, with that sin. That... That that alternative lifestyle, that, that's not gonna fly. Really? Well, your, your little white lie's okay, but their thing's not okay. Last I checked, we all need grace. So, so maybe you're a gracious. maybe you got some prejudice, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just maybe it's your own, I don't know, maybe it's lust, maybe it's fear, you know, maybe it's doubt that you don't believe really believe that God still does miracles or heals or this Bible stuff's really real, you know, like that, and that's stories and and we get buried with these grave clothes and, and we need each other's help to get them off of our life. Come on, you ever try to take skinny jeans off? <laughs> you gotta call in some reinforcements sometimes. <laughs> Honey! <laughs> this dude's bound hand and foot. And here's the three things that we do when it comes to these grave clothes that we've got in our life. Number one, we try to just face it. You know what? That's just, I'm just gonna face up. That's who I am. I face up. This is who I am. This is how I was made. You know what? I'm strong enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I like. I mean, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just religion. They're a little bit too extreme. I mean, church every week and like God and all. That. You know, listen, Easter's cool. Uh, you know, I got fear. I mean, some of you just got so much fear. You're so worried about the future. And, right, is it going to happen? And what if? And how come? And da, 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 and all these different things and prejudice and, and and depression and and anger and and anxiety and. And so we just face up this is just the way it is just God just has put us this is our lot on the planet just face up second thing we do is we try to clean up like I'm just gonna okay I know I gotta just get, do better I gotta clean my life up I'm just gonna clean up just, I, I can just clean up and we look into the mirror of our life and Jesus has raised us from the dead and we're in church and we've got new life and I know the gospel's about just being cleaner just be holier and I'm just gonna clean my life up and have you ever just tried to clean it up and it just makes a nasty mess of everything and just smears it everywhere we can't clean our own life. You can't clean your own life. There's only one that lives perfect. And we're so focused on cleaning up. That's not what the gospel's about. We've turned the gospel into do goodism and clean and cleaner and be holier and, and, and we're all self focused. The gospel is about new life. He came to make you alive, not cleaner. That should be a byproduct, but it's not where we start. He came to give you life, to make you a better person, to make you an alive person. And so we try to clean up. The third option is really the only way that works. It's the, it's called give up. And we just end up giving up. Deciding that, man, I got to give up, God can't do it on my own and now when I look in the mirror when I've given up the things that marred me the things that were smeared on my life the things that kept trying to identify me as the grave clothes of my life I look back into the reflection of God and I see a perfect mirror I see a clear reflection I see the glory of God on my life it's nothing I can do Would you stand to your feet with me I want to pray with you today I believe it's resurrection sunday and i believe there's power in this place every week there is there's power inside of you there's two things i want to pray for number one heads bowed and eyes closed i'm not going to embarrass you or bring you up front or make you make you come up here or anything like that i'm going to ask you by show of hands in a minute no one's looking around i'm going to look around but i want to pray with you if you'd say you know what jamie i'm here i don't know even know who invited me i just I, I ended up here my friends invited me i i i've been coming here i don't know what your story is or if you haven't been here for a long time or not but you're here And the Holy Spirit is saying something to you today that you know there's some things that you've buried. There's some things you've put in the tomb. There's some things you've put a stone over. And there's some areas that you've quit believing and you've actually buried your faith. Or there's situations that you know that they're dead and you need God to bring back to life. I just want to call forth some things today I just want to call some, forth some things over your life and believe for a miracle I'm just, I say marriage come forth I say, I say joy come forth I say life come forth I say healing come forth I say pregnancy come forth I say life and life more abundant come forth I just break off depression and anxiety and fear and stress and I, I ask you God break off that, that suicide spirit right now God I believe for, for life and life more abundant God you're still God God, you're still here. God, you're still able. If you're in this place, no one looking around and you say, Jamie, that's me. Pray for me. I need some things to come back to life. I need God. I've buried some stuff. I need God to bring it to life today. I'm believing for that miracle today. Today on Easter Sunday. Put your hand up to me right now. Let me pray for you. Come on across this room. God, you see our hearts. You see our hands. Lord, we can't bring anything back to life. But you can. And those of us that have been in pain and thought that... Your love has run late. And those of us that have given up early, I ask you to help us hold on one more day. Help us hold on till we hear you, God. And speak our name, come forth to whatever it is that needs to come out of the grave today. Second thing, if you're here in this place and you would say, you know what, Jamie? I'm the person that's been facing up. I'm the person that's been trying to clean up. But I know I need to give up. The Bible says this. If you would just surrender your life to Jesus Christ, if you would just give up control to him, the one that came to this planet died in your place took all of shame regret sin took it all on the cross took all the blame for this this world's hurt took all the blame at that tree and rose from the dead he he did it to give you new life if that's you today and you need that life if you're tired of trying to control it yourself and you're ready to give up the gospel not about making you cleaner and making you follow rules it's about giving you the life of god if you're here, no one's looking around. I'm going to count to three in a minute. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. If you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I need a fresh start with God. First Corinthians 5, 17 says, if you would give your life to Jesus, surrender to him, you get a fresh start in God, a brand new moment. No one looking around. If that's you today, one, two, three, put your hand up to me. I need a fresh start with God. Come on. Thank you for your boldness. God bless you right there in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Thank you for your honesty and your courage. God bless you, sir come on I need a fresh start I'm I'm done trying to clean myself God bless you I'm giving up today I'm going to pray a prayer everybody that put their hand up just pray these words with me or pray your own words there's no magic in the words it's not the words it's your heart it's the faith right now and if you didn't put your hand up but you need to put your heart up just pray this prayer with me you can pray your own words or whatever I'm going to pray right now Father thank you for sending your son Jesus Jesus I give up today I'm done running my own life. I'm done using my own strength. I'm done fighting my own battles. I'm done facing my own blame or blaming others. And I give you all the blame. I put it on the cross. I thank you for taking my sin and my shame and my guilt. I thank you for taking everything that's contrary to your word off my life. And you put it on that cross. Lord, thank you for giving me life. Holy Spirit, come inside of my life. Give me the life of God today. I surrender. I say, Jesus, you are Lord and you are God of my life. I will serve you, and I will give up the rest of my days for your glory and your honor. I surrender in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Amen. Come on, give God some glory. Give it up for God one more time. People all over this room making decisions, saying yes for Jesus. That's an amazing celebration, an amazing moment. I'm proud of your boldness for doing so.